0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General podcast. And this particular episode isn't going to be so much about role playing games and video games, my other usual geeky things. This is actually going to be a special episode because, well, with Halloween just around the corner. Now, I love Halloween it's one of my favorite times of the year with the you know the autumn colors and the decorations and you know the the halloween candy and of course pumpkin spice everything but there are people who sometimes see halloween as being this dark evil holiday and they've often spread false information about it and it was often seen as being the you know, this festival of Satan, this, you know, dark, evil holiday. And as many of my long-time listeners know, you've heard me mention that my degree in religious studies every now and then. And for my Halloween special, I'm going to be reading a paper that I did back when I was finishing my bachelor's degree in religious studies back at UW Oshkosh. Now, when you were at a certain point in that particular program you could take an independent study project and i did three such projects during my uh last year or so there Uh, the first one i took was with my professor dr erbrock who i've talked about here and there he was my old testament professor and the class i did with him was the called the character and development of satan The second one I did was with Dr. Corley, and she was a New Testament professor there. And the one I did there was called Eschatology and Society. So that one was just taking a look at end time myths. And then the other one I took was with Dr. Wendell Charles Bean. And again, another one of those professors I've talked about. He primarily taught classes on Islam, Hinduism, he's black, so he also did a class he made called the African-American Religious Experience, and he did other classes about religion as well. Now, the way an independent study project worked is you, the student, you actually got to set your, your curriculum, and you could choose to do one, two, or three credits, and the the more credits you decided to choose for your independent study project the more detail and that you and the longer the paper you'd have to do well i don't remember how much the how many credits i took for uh the one i'm doing here but it's a, about a seven page paper so again not really not too long I I remember the one I did for Norse religion. That one was two credits and I ended up pumping out a 42-page paper on that on that particular topic. So but that's neither here or there. Who knows? Maybe if people are interested, maybe I will do future episodes based on, you know, these papers that I've done. But for now, let's take a look at the character and development of Satan from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So again, this is going to be more of a scholarly, educational topic as opposed to you know, my more fun topics. Though I suppose you could say that my uh, historical gaming uh, topics have been educational, as have my ones on the different planes as pictured in AD&D First Edition, because that involve a lot of research into mythology, religion, and literature but here we go with The Character and Development of Satan As long as humanity has had religion, there has always been the question of good and evil. Philosophers and theologians have struggled with this factor of the human existence and tried to peg down its cause. Philosophically, evil has been attributed to disobedience to natural law, ignorance, or simply the absence of good. Theologically, evil can be traced to strain from God's law, or in some cases, a supernatural entity driven by hate, greed, anger, or pride. Like most sacred texts, the Bible offers some answers to the question of the essence and origin of evil. The answer varies between the Old Testament and New Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, Evil can be traced to disobeying Torah, for Israel, and is evident in committing violent acts against one's neighbors, for everyone else. The religion that developed into Christianity, however, keeps these ideas but adds a new card to the deck. Evil can come from the supernatural world. One entity in particular from this supernatural host appears to be the root of all evil, and his name is Satan. The Diabolical Linguistics of the Word Satan But how did various views on this malevolent demon develop? The word Satan first appears in the Old Testament. In Hebrew, the word can be used as a noun or a verb. According to the author of the Anchor Bible Dictionary, The problem arises when one attempts to select the best English equivalent for Hebrew, Satan, especially since Satan lacks a cognate in any of the Semitic languages. The choice appears to be between accuse, slander, and be an adversary. Anchor Bible Dictionary, page 985. The Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible adds obstruct or opposed to the list of possible translations. The meaning of the word depends on the context in which it is used. Satan can represent an earthly opponent, military threat, or someone opposing the writer, as in Psalm 109 where the writer asks God to bring an accuser, a Satan, upon his tormentor. Sometimes, the word clearly indicates something more than a human aggressor these are the celestial satans when used as a noun satan can describe an opponent of some type the generals and kings of opposing nations are sometimes described as satans to israel clearly implying nothing more than a human opponent for example the philistines complained that david would become a satan to them first samuel chapter 29 verse 4 However, sometimes Satan implies a slandering function. The best known of this type of Satan occurs in the first two chapters of Job. Footnotes from the newer Revised Standard Version of the Bible translate the use of the word as accuser. Here the name implies a member of the divine council taking the role of the angel who asks God to put Job to the test. Part one Satan during the Old Testament. I form the light and create the darkness. I make weal and create woe. I, the Lord, do all these things. Isaiah chapter forty five verse seven. The writer of second Isaiah would have no need for a supernatural being separate from God to explain evil. As Isaiah forty five seven explains, the Lord creates good and evil. If disaster fell upon Israel, it wasn't due to the actions of an arch-fiend opposed to God, but rather it was the fault of the Israelites for disobeying the Lord. Nevertheless, nowhere in the Old Testament does Satan appear as a distinctive demonic figure opposed to God and responsible for all evil. Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible page Two hundred and twenty four, sometimes Satan implies a supernatural opponent. The earliest appearance of one of these celestial Satans in the Old Testament occurs in the book of Numbers. Chapters twenty two to twenty four tell the story of a seer named Balaam who had the power to bless and curse people. The king of Moab wished for Balaam to curse the nation of Israel so that he might be able to defeat them balam tells the king that the lord doesn't want him to go but eventually he acts against god's wishes while on his way to meet with the king he encounters an angel standing in his way god's anger was kindled because he was going and the angel of the lord took his stand in the road as his adversary numbers chapter 22 verse 22 the angel is not called by a specific name, but is referred to as an angel of the Lord. Thus, we know the angel is working for God and carrying out His will. The angel acts in the typical fashion of most of the celestial Satans in the Old Testament. He opposes someone at God's command. The first appearance of a Satan that can be thought of as a specific figure occurs in First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. Satan stood up against Israel and incited David to count the people of Israel. Here, the celestial being is referred to as Hasatan, or the Satan. This act angers the Lord, leading scholars to believe that this is an angelic figure that acts against God's will. It can be argued that the Satan that appears in the book of Job is also a distinct figure, but he is not the powerful and semi-cosmic figure of later times. The HarperCollins Study Bible prints Satan with a capital S, but lists in the footnotes that the actual text reads Hasatan, or the Accuser. When this Satan first meets up with God, the Lord asks, Where have you come from? The Satan replies that he was walking the earth. At this point, God brings up the blameless Job, and the Satan asks for permission to test him. When God does grant Satan permission to test Job, the accuser follows the requests the Lord makes. He promises to test Job without harming or killing him. This Satan does perform deeds that can be considered evil. For Job's family and fortunes suffer needlessly. Even though Job is rewarded in the end with twice as much as he had before, Job chapter 42, verse 10, his children were all killed in one quick, sudden accident. This Satan is not all powerful, though. He acts only with God's permission. But the question still remains if Job's Satan was an angel filling a role or if he was a specific figure. So, what basis can be used to determine if Job's Satan is a specific figure or an angel filling a temporary role? Elaine Pagels states, The storyteller plays on the similarity between the sound of the Hebrew Satan and shut, the Hebrew word tarom, suggesting that the Satan's special role in the heavenly court is that of a kind of roving intelligence agent. The Origin of Satan, page 41. Pagels then goes on to compare such a figure with the police and intelligence officers of the Persian court who would, like Job Satan, look for signs of disloyalty. James Crenshaw, a scholar who translated the Book of Job for the HarperCollins Study Bible, agrees he comments that the use of the word Satan here indicates that an office is involved, something like a CIA agent. Page 751 By this line of reasoning, the scholar can argue that Job's Satan was an angel filling a specific role at the time. Any angel could act as an accuser if he noticed a lack of piety within one of the Lord's followers. However, the Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible states that Satan's original name may have been satan but his later actions of leading the divine revolt would have caused the suffix l to be cut from his name. Thus, Satan lost his divine element. If this is the case, then Satan's name originally meant something to the effect of God accuses or God opposes. Most of the angels' names have something to do with their function. For example, Raphael, whose name means God has healed, tells Tobias how to dispel the hold the demon Asmodeus has over Sarah, allowing the two to get married. When you enter the bridal chamber, take some of the fish's liver and heart, put them on the embers of the incense. An odor will be given off the demon will smell it and flee and never be seen near her any more tobit chapter 6 verse 17-18 by these lines it is not unreasonable to assume that the satan in job may have been a specific divine figure an angel whose duty was to test the faithfulness of god's followers if such a being named satanel existed or was known he may have been responsible for the incident involving david's census in first chronicles the final appearance of a satan in the old testament occurs in chapter 3 of the book of zechariah the prophet has a vision in which he sees an angel of the lord the high priest joshua and the satan The accuser is claiming that Joshua is unfit to serve his duties, but the angel steps forward to rebuke the Satan. Here, the word Hasatan is used, indicating a title rather than a proper name. Here, the question of who the Satan is takes on the same mystery as in Job. Is the Satan opposing Joshua? a figure like the hypothetical Saint Nell, or is he an angel taking on a specific duty? With the exception of the scene in Chronicles, Satan appears as an angel of God, not opposed to him in any way. Such a view is necessary to maintain the perspective of God as an all-powerful creator. But if God is in fact all-powerful, then all things in the universe must be subject to him. But, the world of the Jews in the Old Testament was not privileged to permanency. Part 2. Satan During the Intertestamental Period The kingdom that God had instructed his followers to build on earth was to come to an end, if it had even started, that is. Israel faced a time of chaotic change. They had been through a long history of conquest and exile. They were a people who, in antiquity, had taken over other nations' land. But now they themselves were in exile, first with the Assyrians and Babylonians, then later the Greeks and Romans. Times were grim for a nation that once thought they were God's chosen people. No doubt many a Jew found himself asking the Lord why he had allowed the opposing army to slaughter his family and cast him from his home. Changes in Jewish religious thought were inevitable. According to the Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible, page 225, the theory that disaster was a divine retribution for aposty had become increasingly insupportable, both emotionally and intellectually. To come to grips with this harsh new world, Judaism adopted a dualistic theory, perhaps with Persian influences rather than view their beloved Lord as the source of both good and evil, it would become more satisfying to believe that God had a rival. Who would be a better figure to peg down than an entity whose name can be translated as the adversary? This new idea allowed the rabbis to reinterpret previous scriptures. The serpent in the garden, the testing of Abraham, The worshipping of the golden calf can now be explained as the workings of this supreme evil. God could be cleansed of any sort of fault, cruelty, or weakness, because now he had an enemy that tempted mankind. This new figure in Jewish theological thought also changed their worldview. Earth was no longer just a place for God to exert his will, but it was a battleground for the forces of good and evil. As Satan's role in Judaism grew, so did the stories of his origin. He became identified with the sons of God who mated with human women in Genesis. He was also believed to have led a revolt against God, an act that caused him to be cast from heaven. Hellenization, or at least the desire to be Hellenized, also played a part in this change of attitude towards Satan. While under the rule of Antiochus, 198-187 BCE, Jerusalem was subject to a number of reforms. Circumcision and observance of Torah were banned, and the Greek way of life was set to replace the old. Naturally, many Jews opposed this new lifestyle. But not all Jews were quick to condemn the Hellenistic life. Especially among the upper class, a movement began to embrace this new system. By adopting Greek ways, they would be able to govern themselves and take advantage of mutual defense treaties. They would also be able to receive a Greek education and participate in the Olympics. However, traditionalist Jews pointed to various scriptural passages about how God would punish those who strayed from Torah. Such thinkers began to wonder who was really a Jew, thus wanting to keep with with Torah, and who was their potential enemy, wanting to adopt foreign ways. It became common to identify these Hellenized Jews with Hasatan, a trend that became common in the early development of the Christian Church and still seems to have lingered to this current day. Part 3 Satan and the New Testament At the time before Jesus' birth, the world of Israel was in trouble. Judaism was facing confusing times. Their Greek and Roman rulers were either tolerant of Judaism or against it. In any case, The Jews were fed up with being under foreign rule, and they wanted independence. Not surprisingly, the Jews desired a Savior, the Messiah. Ancient prophecies of a Savior who would arise to become a light to the world helped keep hope alive for some during these hard times. Expectations of the Savior varied among who expected Him. Some looked for a philosopher-teacher, and others watched for a military hero who would forcefully evict the invading armies. So, if such a hero were to arise, would not the archfiend oppose him? Satan had developed steadily since the intertestamental period. Anthony Merchante writes that, At Jesus' time, the devil was viewed as a corporeal figure a demonic being who ruled the world and was the founder of an empire that constantly struggled with and counteracted the kingdom of god good and evil in myth and legend page 51 there are two major episodes where satan's character comes into play in the new testament they are the temptation of jesus and the armageddon mark matthew and luke all records satan's temptations of jesus the temptation occurs after Jesus has received baptism. Afterwards, he went into the wilderness, where Satan tempts Jesus three times. Mark's account is the shortest. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and angels waited on him. Mark, chapter one, verse twelve to thirteen. The style here is typical of Mark. He commonly uses the word immediately and rarely bogs down with details. Matthew and Luke's accounts are about the same length and contain similar information. First, he asks Jesus to turn stones into bread. Then, the devil offers to give unto him the kingdoms of the world, for which Satan declares as his own. Finally. Jesus is taken to the top of the temple and challenged to throw himself off to see if the Lord would protect him. Jesus resists all three temptations, and each of his his replies indicates the sovereignty of God to the world. Having failed to tempt him, Satan departs. Jesus' temptations by the devil are to test whether Jesus' calling, which he received at his baptism, was genuine. Mercante, page 50. There are few differences between Luke and Matthew's accounts. Luke chooses to place the temptation on the top of the temple second and the temptation on the mountain last. He also doesn't mention angels waiting on Jesus. In addition, Luke ends his temptation narrative by saying, When the devil has finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Luke chapter 4 verse 13 During the temptation scene Satan is hardly the demonic power he was in, turned into during the intertestamental period he fills a role similar to the Satan in Job he does not oppose God but rather appears to be a tester figure however there are some differences between the Satan in Job and the gospels The Old Testament clearly uses the accuser translation of the word, but the Gospels use different terminology to describe the tempter. Matthew and Luke simply call him the devil, derived from the Greek word diablos, adversary. Mark, however, specifically refers to him as Satan. After the temptation, Satan takes a more sinister role. He was believed to cause men to do evil deeds and possess people with unholy spirits. Some sources say he caused Judas to betray Jesus and even desired to lead Peter astray. He is referred to by a multitude of names, including the deceiver of the world, the dragon, or ancient serpent, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, the father of lies, John chapter 8, verse 44, And as a disguised angel of light. However, it appears he sometimes reverts back to his role as God's Satan. For twice in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 5, and 1 Timothy 1, verse 20, converts are warned that God can turn people over to Satan for punishment. Many people are familiar with Satan's role in the book of Revelation. In this book, much of the folklore developed about Satan comes together. We see his side as the fallen angel come forth as he leads the angels into war, only to be defeated. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent... Who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the world? He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. Satan does everything within his power to take control of the world, only to be defeated in the end. He will be bound for a thousand years, then let loose. Revelation chapter 20, verse 3. Muster an army, Revelation chapter 20, verse 7, then finally be defeated and imprisoned eternally in a lake of fire and brimstone, Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Like in the Old Testament, Satan cannot act unless given permission by God. Conclusion So, what can be concluded about the Satan and his role in the Bible? The character of the Satan developed with the times of the people who believed in his existence. At first, the Satan appears as a figure subservient to God's will, just like everything else in the universe. How people perceived him reflected the state of society at the time. Early on, in Numbers, the Hebrews seemed to be in a state of promise and potential. They were winning in their struggles to overcome their enemies, and no doubt they believed God was on their side. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not be afraid of him, for I have given him into your hand, with all his people, and all his land. You shall do to him as you did to King Sihon of the Amorites who ruled Heshbon. So they killed him, his sons, and all his people, until there was no survivor left, and they took possession of his land. Numbers chapter 21, verse 34 to 35. Thus, in the story of Balaam, the Satan acts in Israel's interest by preventing the seer from harming Israel. Satan's role in the book of Chronicles indicates political turmoil, for Satan has somehow caused David, one of the most important figures in Jewish and Christian folklore, to sin against God. While a date for Job is uncertain, it may indicate a time when Israel needed to go through an examination of how strong their faith in the Lord was. Job believes he has done nothing wrong, yet somehow he is being punished. As shown by Satan's role in Job's dilemma, Israel may have needed to be reminded that God is watching. The intertestamental period is marked by a series of rapid changes, and this is reflected in the myth of Satan. During this time, theories on his origins and powers proliferate. It also becomes customary to associate one's enemies with him. This trend of believing Satan is behind an opponent, continued into the time of the New Testament and beyond. Satan was blamed for Judas' betrayal of Jesus, and early missionaries held fast to the belief that non-Christians were in fact being led by the devil. The Satan reaches his final stage in the development of the Book of Revelation. Many scholars believe that during this time the book was written, Nero began wide-scale persecution of Christians. To deal with this problem. The people needed a message of hope that one day their tormentor would be punished. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. They would be delivered, and God's kingdom would reign supreme. Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 to 5. But the myth of Satan is not just a phenomenon for an ancient time, it allows people even today to deal with the problem of evil and the question of why God would allow such a being to act. So there you have it. That was my independent study project on the character and development of Satan from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The bibliography for my paper, in case you're interested. T.H. Gaster, his entry about Satan in the Interpreter's Bible Dictionary, copyright. 1962, Abigdon Press, Victor Hamilton, Satan Entry in the Anchor Bible Dictionary, copyright 1992, Doubleday, The HarperCollins Study Bible, copyright 1993, HarperCollins Publishers, New York, Anthony S. Mercante, Good and Evil in Myth and Legend, copyright 1978 New York and finally Elaine Pagel's The Origin of Satan copyright 1995 New York well, I'd like to thank all of you for listening I hope you enjoyed the paper and hopefully found it uh, informative and interesting so with that said I'd like to wish you all a safe and happy Halloween